Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 75, the Benji Olsen of Sodes. How about that? Good. Benji Olsen needs some love on this podcast. You know, and Jack, I'm actually glad you said it because I've been thinking about it all week. All week I've been thinking, Benji Olsen doesn't get enough love on our podcast. And just so happens to be that this happens to be episode 75. So it's fitting that we are finally getting Benji Olsen the respect he deserves. Spent his entire 10-year NFL career with the Titans, starting 140 of a possible 152 games over that span. And you know how much, and remember the Titan, I bring it up all the time, how much I love a player that spends their, not only their entire career with the Titans, but an offensive lineman who spends their entire career with the Titans. That's one of my favorite things in the world. The best. Um, and hey, 24 more weeks of dedicating Sodes to players. Obviously, you get past 99, there's 100. Nobody's 100 in the NFL. Yeah, what That may line up perfectly with the Titans Super Bowl run. 24, are we 24 weeks away? It's probably maybe a little more. Because you got, it's going to be 18 regular season weeks. You got three in the preseason. That's 21. And then it could lead up to the Super Bowl. Oh, damn. What if our 100th episode is Super Bowl week? And the Titans are in it. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started, Jack. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just trying. I'm pointing something out. I'm a, I'm adjusting my pants, dude. It's a it, there's a pleat in the pants. Uh, there's uh, my uh, another could have been also the Javon Hay of Sodes, but I don't think a defensive tackle for the Titans. I don't think. Well, he, you know where he went to college, don't you? Where did he go? He went. Oh, it's right off uh, West End downtown. Oh, of course. I I when you ask that, it, I know it's only one of two answers. <laughs> Vandy, baby. It's either Oxford or Nashville. It's either Vandy or Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> Hey, we got a lot to get into in this. So Matt Barkley was signed. Uh, what's up? What's up, USC? Somewhere Norm Chow is uh, smiling. With oh, glee. I miss him. Uh, Paul Kaharski, Uncle Paul of this podcast, feuding with AJ Brown. Uh, I think uh, if you were on Titans Twitter, you were definitely you definitely know what we're talking about. It, uh, Titans Twitter blew up over this, and it was it was hilarious uh just from the outside looking in it was hilarious um we'll get into we'll talk about that also we got john glennon of broadway sports jumping in with us love us some john glennon you know john glennon last time he was on he shared the story about how he went undercover at uh karma nightclub well maybe is he going undercover again right now we'll ask him we'll ask old john glennon of broadway sports and i've got a, a special tribute to uh, someone who like you you can't write the narrative of the Tennessee Titans. You can't talk about the history of the Tennessee Titans without this person. And by person, I mean bar because I'm talking about losers bar in Nashville. It turns 15 uh, recently. And I think it's time we pay respects to losers bar because a lot of Titans history has gone down in that bar. And I'll tell you what we mean a little bit later. I can't wait. It's I, I don't want to oversell it, but it'll it might be the best. I only know of one incident and it involved a former LSU quarterback who also played for the Titans. 
Yeah, as you would only know that that one incident because that's your 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 lover, Zach Burger. Uh, <laughs> before we get into all of that, though, let's get a word from Smash Pest Control. Do you have menacing bugs in and around your home? Then you need to contact Smash Pest Control, the best pest control service in Middle Tennessee. Not only will they take care of your mosquito problems. They also offer crawl space control and are fully equipped to rid your home of termites and bed bugs. Anything in or around your house? Guys, trust Smash Pest to take care of, okay? Smash Pest Control hangs their hat on their Smash Guarantee. If they don't Smash Pest Control problems, the service is free. Pretty good. I've been working on that jingle. I need to get a beat. I need. In fact, Jack, do you real quick, do you drop a beat for me? That's uh, uh, above my pay grade, Austin. I can't. Oh, beats. you don't get. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, Smash pass. We we need to work on getting a beat. I'm no Tajay Sharp. Okay, that's <laughs> Smash Pass Control. Uh, that right now, if you get your initial pest control service started by mentioning A to Z Sports, you'll you only have to pay seventy nine bucks. And like, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when it comes to pest control problems, that's a great deal. That is a phenomenal deal. You won't find a deal better than that. Mention A to Z Sports when you contact Smash Pest Control. These guys do amazing work all over the Mid-State. Make sure you check them out online at smashpest.com where you will find the many services Smash provides along with their excellent customer reviews. If you need help with your pest problems, give Smash Pest Control a call. 615-581-7473. And make sure you tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm a massive sports fan. I am a massive Middle Tennessee sports fan, Titans, Preds. So a lot of times if I know that a company has, they're also sports fans or like they they love to, you know, buy into sports things like, you know, things like this podcast, I tend to go with them over anyone else just because I'm biased and I, and, and with a name like smash pest control, you know, they're that that's it's, it's Smashville guys. Why would you go against them? What are you a Red Wings fan? Get out of here with that. Go to Smash Pest Control for all your pest control problems. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is August 11th. 2021 and Peyton Manning was inducted into the Hall of Fame over the weekend and many people like to say he's a four-time MVP winner uh yeah try three and a half MVPs okay because one of those he shared with Steve McNair he shouldn't have even gotten the half That's never still forget BS. he shouldn't have gotten the half and I'm glad you said that Jack because I was gonna say it if you didn't he shouldn't have even gotten the half that should all have been Steve McNair's and what a cop-out for the voters okay if you're going to do co-MVPs how did how was there not a co-MVP this year when you had Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry going neck and neck? Great Honestly, point. Derrick Henry should have won that one outright too. But like, if we're going to split the award, if we're going to go all Katie Heron and Mean Girls and split the crown and toss it out to people, then you should have done it for Aaron Rodgers and, and Derrick Henry as well. That That's just a little beef I had to get off the front. Second beef I had to get off the top, okay? Literally right before we started recording, Jack, got a tweet i got a tweet from 
F words pod. Oh, um, F words pod. Those are our rivals. They they are our rivals. I don't think I don't think we're their rivals. Mike Herndon not, is a part of that podcast. It's kind of like how like how like we're the Jaguars rival, but we don't view the Jaguars as our rival. You know, no, like I don't the, think it's like that. I like, think it's I think it's full on Raven Steelers. Oh, really? Oh, I was just gonna say F words pod is so much better than us. Like, like no, like they, no. Here's they, the thing. It, it's di- like it's like it's different. like Alo- Alabama and Tennessee. Like F words pod. Like they're Alabama. Like we're Tennessee. Where it's like we still view them as a rival, but I don't think they I'll, view us as. I'll say this: they have Mike Herndon, and we don't. That, that could true. be the difference. That could, and that people say that is the difference. But I got a tweet <laughs> from F words pod. Uh, wait, was that a negative difference? Because I, I no, that's a pot. We love Mike Herndon, but we are also yeah, beefy. No, no, no. We we're, we're, we're mid beef with Mike Herndon. So. We are mid beef. Like we're we're looking for our national media beef, which I mean, they may be the front runners for. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to give them too much credit. But at F words pod tweeted me literally right before I came on this podcast and said, "I'm a little disappointed at, at Austin Hoff." lot of prime beef flowing on the timeline and has yet to pick up beef with anyone can't get a feud by sitting on the sidelines look <laughs> that's a good point but they're they, are they barking up the wrong tree my i'll say this my official statement <laughs> they're right okay they're right you cannot get a feud by sitting on the sidelines and i have sat on these sidelines eating a ginormous tub of popcorn. I'm talking like the extra large jumbo popcorn. You Layered get butter. Theater. Yeah, all kinds of I stuff. Am, I am, it, it, no, no, no. One of those 36-gallon uh, Rubbermaid trash cans, that's <laughs> what I'm, that's, I filled it with popcorn. I've been eating out of that the last two days because of this Paul Kaharski, A.J. Brown feud. All right. And obviously, like it's it, it's hot in the streets. If you're on Titans Twitter, which you should be because it's great. And you should follow at Titan Up Pod on Twitter. Follow at Austin Huff and at Jack Gentry, Jack A. Gentry on Twitter as well. Make your timeline better. Make your timeline more Titans filled uh, by follows like that. But this is it. It, it was like pure entertainment. It, it We got we got a gem in a time dead of training camp. When nothing's going on, Titans Twitter needed this. We needed this, and we got it, and it was awesome. The AJ Brown Paul Kaharski feud that we didn't know we needed, but we got anyway. And I, let's go ahead and start there. We're going to get into Matt Barkley getting signed in the Titans step chart real quick, but let's start with AJ versus PK. So, so the other day, Paul Kaharski tweets: Josh Reynolds does not look explosive to me. Hashtag that's the Titans. that's the only words in the tweet, correct? Correct. Yes. Which, which I, I love. Uh, uh, I, I like pretty Paul prickly. If you ask, that's a little prickly, you know, it's a he, little prickly. Yeah. He, I, look. He's not really beating around any bush there. We like Paul Karski on this podcast. He's been good to the, he's come on the podcast. I mean, granted he roasted us to hell when he came on this podcast, yeah, he did, but he, he still did. came on the podcast. Uh, and you know, he, he does good reporting of the Titans. Uh, and he just, he shared an opinion with this. First of all, with that said, Paul Karski still using hashtag Titans in his tweet. Like PK man, like, look, just like man to man, brother to brother here. Uh, are hashtags dead? Is this, uh, are they dead? Hashtags are definitely dead. Hashtags okay. have been dead for like right, five, Hashtags officially five declared dead. Nobody is. And there are still people that follow like at like hashtag Titans 
like, you know, maybe if they have tweet deck open, they're, they're following hashtags by that, but Twitter search has gotten so good that you don't need hashtags anymore. You don't need the hashtags. And especially almost too good, by the way, especially if you're at Paul Kaharski NFL, where odds are the only thing you're tweeting about are the hashtag Titans. <laughs> you don't need the hashtag Titans. Okay. That's neither here nor there. I look, I don't want to start any beef with Paul Kaharski. Okay? We like Paul. We appreciate him coming on here and that's where we stand. Exactly. Now, AJ Brown, I don't think loves Paul Kaharski as much as we do because he retweeted this tweet and says, I'm going to say this as nice as I can. All right. And first of all, if you're, uh, uh, that's when you know, like that's the first. It's not going to be that. That's, nice. a, that's a great, that as it, look, if we want to speak columnist terms, that's a great lead. That is, that is going to get me to read the next paragraph of this. <laughs> I'm of this clicking. Column. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to say this as nice as I can. He says, nobody asked for your, uh, uh, do we swear on this podcast? I don't even know. I feel like we have before. We might have before. I don't know. Your bleeping opinion, just in case. Your bleeping opinion. He's probably working through something like everyone else is in camp. I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I don't even care. Need to learn some respect. Fast! With uh, two exclamation marks. Okay. I, that, that's that's a big tweet from AJ. That's that a, is that's a big a, that's tweet. A big loud tweet from AJ. That is a tweet that you don't often get from AJ. AJ is very outspoken on Twitter, but he's not outspoken in the sense of like attacking others or yeah. going after. People. But you know, AJ's AJ's a bear in hibernation. You know, he, he he lays low, he minds his own business, has fun. But when you poke that bear and you keep poking and prodding that sleeping bear, he's gonna wake up and he's gonna eat your face off. And I'll say this: I the thing I like about this tweet, I don't like him tweeting about this because it's like which is another point I want to get into here in a bit, but you cannot be thin-skinned on the internet. You just can't, okay? It goes both ways here. And and it does go both ways, and I'm, and I'm glad you said that, but I, I want to get into that in just a second. I like the fact that A.J. Brown is sticking up for his guy. Josh Reynolds is not to the point where A.J. Brown is. A.J. Brown's not going to get criticism for the way he practices. If he comes out looking slow and non-explosive in a practice, nobody's going to tweet, A.J. Brown does not look explosive here. He's probably because, hurt or something's going on. Well, exactly. Because you've seen he's AJ what at he his... can do on a field. Yes, you prove he's proven what he can do on a field. So nobody really cares what he can do in a practice. If Derrick Henry, same thing. If he comes out not looking explosive, quote unquote, nobody's going to tweet that because you know what you're going to get from him. Josh Reynolds is a new guy in Nashville, and he's in. He's not that big of a name when it comes to the grand scheme of the NFL. So he's going to get criticism in the way he practices. And if he looks explosive or he doesn't look explosive, Paul Karski's going to tweet something like he doesn't look explosive to me. So I, I appreciate AJ Brown coming to the defense of his teammate because AJ Brown, when AJ Brown speaks, people are going to listen. When AJ Brown comes to the defense of his guy, people are going to take note of it. Now this also goes to my, you cannot be thin skinned and be on the internet critique. And now, I say this and I'm not putting down AJ Brown, but it's like AJ Brown, like you gotta, you gotta be able to overlook things like this because much worse things can and will be said about your teammates as the season goes on. But at the same time, he's also retweeting probably one of the thinnest skinned guys on the internet uh, in, in Paul Kaharski, a guy who will clap back. Easily at, riled at, up. At times. Yes. Very, very easily riled up. Um, you know, 
and some of his colleagues are very much similar the same way. So with that said, I think this goes to both parties in this, in this, in this beef. Now to Paul, Paul Karski's credit, he's said very little. He hasn't, he didn't clap back at AJ. He hasn't said anything, tweeted anything publicly. He's, he's responded to some tweets here and there since this whole thing has gone out. But Paul Karski has not made himself the story, which as a journalist, you're not supposed to do. He's done a good job of kind of minimizing this as, you know, and not, not feeding into it. But you cannot just, you cannot be thin-skinned on the internet. Never tweet angry. Uh, don't just drunk don't, drive. Don't, don't tweet angry. Right. Don't, Both huge rules. Don't drive drunk. Don't tweet angry. Really, those are just two things that you should live by uh, as an adult. Always, always, always take those into account. Um, don't press send, Herm Edwards. Don't press send, exactly. Jack and I, it's, it, it's funny, before this podcast even started, Jack and I were sharing tweets that are in our draft folder, which maybe we will do at a later date. Maybe that will be a segment on this podcast. And John Elway would not like that segment for me. It will not be the segment today because, uh, <laughs> trust me, you it, they're just terrible. We have some terrible tweets in our draft folder, but that's because we have held them back from the public. You don't have to press send with every thought that comes to your mind. Um, with awesome. that said, there has been a plethora of, um, th th there was a lot of response to AJ Brown's tweet, which was short-lived. It was deleted very quickly. Um, but Ryan, guys like Ryan Mouton, Nate Washington, and George Foster uh, just coming in to just absolutely rip PK to shreds. <laughs> it is, it has been, it has been, Look, and again, we, I, 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 PK I is PK to some of these PK guys. PK is PK. You either love him or you hate him, or you love to hate him, or you hate to love him. Um, it, it's, it, it, it goes all over the place with the love for PK, but, uh, but yeah, it, and which takes me all back to the F words pod. Um, basically calling me out for sitting on the sidelines for this. First of all, did, was, did I need to insert myself into this beef? No, no, you had no business here, but I'm glad you did. Um, here's I, where I've just been enjoying the popcorn. It's like it, at the, when you get towards the bottom where all the butter drips down, it kind of tastes like kettle corn. Like it, it's been enjoyable. <laughs> See, the, for me, this, this feud, there's, there's a distinction that needs to be made here. Okay. AJ Brown's 24. Paul Karski's probably double that age. Maybe more. I don't Probably, know how old yeah. Paul Karski is. I I'm honestly, Paul Karski could be anywhere from the ages of 39 to 55. Yes, I am <laughs> in the exact same boat. Could I never have no idea how old PK is. But let's I guess, no let's, let's for the sake of this discussion, put him at 48. That's okay, twice sure. as old as AJ. When sure. AJ, like myself, I'm 25. We grew up with Twitter. We grew up in these streets, in these Twitter sewers. Mm -hmm. So I was about to say must be nice, but that actually, I don't know if that, that might not be nice. <laughs> no, but like, I, I mean, you, but yeah, you I get what you're saying. Growing up in this, you know, we, we probably got Twitter in high school. Um, and yeah, you know, sure. Probably, uh, done things on Twitter that we, we, we made stupid mistakes when we were young. Paul Karski joined Twitter when he was, if he's 48, that's going to be like, I think he joined in 09. I looked it up earlier today. That's going to be, that's going to put him at 36. He joined Twitter that's as research. a 36 year old professional. Okay. That's research you will not get on any other podcast yeah. right now. Find me um, another podcast who's trying to, who's doing deduce. the math on PK's age to relative to when he joined Twitter. But to your point, Twitter is a cesspool. Twitter is a, is a nasty, vile place. If you grow up in it, you see it. And, you know, uh, 
it's kind of it's like you you grow along with Twitter. When I when I got on Twitter, I think I was probably a junior in high school, and you know as as I grew older, Twitter evolved. Uh, but Paul Karski, full brain maturity, his his brain was developed, <laughs> and, and then there's eleven years after he joins yeah. Twitter. So I don't know. For me, it, it's kind of like that Bane quote in Dark Knight Rises, where where Bane's like, I forget the exact quote. I think it's you've merely adapted the dark. Yeah, I you, was born in would, it, molded yeah, in you it. Was, you would merely adapted it, like I was born in it. That was the ter- That was the worst Bane that impression I think of all okay. time. Wait, hold, uh, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me try this again. You were merely raised in the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. <laughs> I'll play the real quote here. Okay, yeah. Darkness is your ally. You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding. <laughs> the shadows betray you because they belong to me. So, I mean, look. It- AJ's a lot younger. He's made mistakes on Twitter before. He might again. I mean, after his surgery, his knee surgery, double knee surgery, he got on Twitter. And I don't think that's something that um, when you look back on, you're excited about. But at the end of the day, it's Twitter and it's the offseason. We're only talking about it because football isn't here yet. I, I, and I Just to give you some credit real quick, I love that take. That is a great take because it is it is something to be to be noted that it's if you were if you came to the you know Twitter game later in life, you're not you're not used to being born in it. It's there's a big difference there. Um, all right, so, so yeah, so at F words pod again, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, F you guys, um, which I think that's I don't know if that's a term of endearment for them or not though, because their podcast don't is play to their brand. Don't play. It's literally brand. called F words pod. Are they? Um, if I say F you, is that like a? Is that? I I don't know. I I I don't know what that is. But uh, I don't know. But I'm full beef mode. I'm all yeah. I'm all beefed up right now. I'll say this: uh, Mike Herndon does not look explosive to me. That's no. there. Oh my goodness! I said it. Far from explosive. <laughs> um, all right, let's. Uh, uh, Matt Barkley, Tennessee Titan. What the? F- <laughs> Speaking that of that words, fast. Um, <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser gets cut. Matt Barkley added, and that's a which that's, that's a quarterback quick, room. Which over the past two years, it's really been Ryan Tannehill and Logan Woodside. Moment of silence, real quick for Deshaun Kaiser. And that's all, man. That's that, and that was pretty much that moment of silence was about as long as he was. Yeah, he didn't stick around for a long time. But Logan Woodside, I mean, he's a warrior. This guy's outlasting everyone. It was Trevor Simeon last year who they brought in to kind of contend for that backup job. Trevor Simeon was really just a COVID, a COVID emergency replacement quarterback. Right. Logan Woodside had that job the whole time. I like. I feel like when the Titans were typing up the Trevor Simeon contract for him to sign, I feel like they were like. Why are we doing this? The they were probably like, I've seen this guy and he washes his hands for like yeah. minutes at a time. Oh, like we know he's not going to be on this team much longer. Why are we even typing up? Like, like good, the person who had to type very up. Sanitary. Not, I, my thoughts and condolences go out to whoever had to type up that contract, knowing that that contract was going to be torn up to shreds. A lot uh, of manpower in, wasted in there. I weeks. agree with but, you. But Matt Barkley, I feel like this is a... And and this is not a shot at Deshaun Kaiser. It's not a shot at Logan Woodside. I love Logan Woodside, but Matt Barkley just makes me feel more comfortable 
as the Titans backup. It is securing kind of. And, I am don't know I, am why. I, and I don't know why either. He's not a great quarterback. He's, no, not, he's he, not. He wasn't even that great at USC. Like, but like, but here he is. And I just feel like having him feels like more secure, more safety. Like it's it's kind of like when the Titans signed Ryan Tannehill under Marcus Mariota. If anything happened to Marcus Mariota, I felt good having a guy like Ryan Tannehill there. Yeah. I feel better about having Matt Barkley than I do having a Blaine Gabbert or or last year like a Trevor Simeon or or even a Just Logan Woods. One of these retreads, and Matt Barkley isn't you you, you know he he is kind of a retread. This is his fourth team. He's played six years in the NFL. Sure. He's played loosely because I think he's only started in like seven games. He's backed up some quarterbacks, so he's backed up some notable guys. He comes from Buffalo behind Josh Allen. Now he leaves Buffalo because. The Bills just signed Mitch Trubisky, and, you know, Mitch Trubisky, there's probably more to work with there than Barkley. But Barkley's backed up some guys, and why I trust him um, is because of one particular guy who he backed up. I'll read some names off, let you guess who. Okay. Don't so in, say Zach Mettenberger. In Philly, no, he they did not pass. They, he was after Mettenberger. Okay. But in Philly, Barkley backed up Nick Foles, Mike Vick, and Mark Sanchez. Okay. Three very iffy guys there. Jeez, he's been in the league for forever. I did not realize he was in the league. Six years. He, look, that, and I love experience, especially at that position. Um, then in Chicago, he backed up Jay Cutler and Brian Hoyer. And like we can said. I, can I stop you right there? I think I know think where the, the answer is. But yeah, finish the list. I'll, it, uh, but I think well, I Josh have Allen in Buffalo. That's it. Okay. It's Jay Cutler. It was yeah, Jay, Jay Cutler. Is, Jay Cutler is the no answer. wonder you love Matt Barkley because yeah, he backed up the uh the Hall of Fame inductee for the class of 2023, right? It's, that's that's correct. Well, at least I'm leading his campaign. You know, what he did on the field was impressive and deserves uh, who's now on Twitter, we should add. Yes, uh, I'm very excited about that. Jay has tweets, I think is his name his Twitter uh-huh. handle. Yeah, he, he is on Do Twitter. You, I mean, he, he, look, I mean, I'll be honest with you. What he posts on his Instagram stories, he may not be on Instagram much longer. So, but we but we have him on Twitter for now. So let's. What did he post a, a clip of a UFC? Fight? No, no, it's just a lot of. It, it's you you go check it out for yourself. You make your own opinions. Oh, it's um, it's a lot of lot of red versus blue type stuff. Ish, a lot yes. of political. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, look, uh, this is not a politics podcast, so we. Can't no, it's not. Here. It's not. I, I, I. In fact, if anything, it's an anti-politics podcast. That's exactly we, what it is. We hate both sides. But this move <laughs> with Woodside leaving, Matt Barkley coming in, it's kind of it showed up on the depth chart, chart at least, which is where I want to take this. Titans released their first unofficial depth chart. There are some noticeable decisions that they've made and again yes. it's early it's the week and one before a preseason game's been played death chart let, let, me th- guys. let me slap a big fat surgeon general's warning on the top on the the front end of this segment uh as we break down the titans depth chart it is you should never read too much into the first depth chart of camp Never. Especially like, if Mike I, Vrabel's the head coach. It, especially if Mike Vrabel's the head coach. Like, yeah, that's this. There's the Surgeon General's warning slapped on the side, but then there's also a, a warning disclaimer. Warning, warning, warning. Uh, Mike Vrabel is the head coach of this team. This probably is more of a decoy than a depth chart. But with that said, 
Jack there's and some, I, there's some Jack and I are going here. to overreact to it because that's that's what we do. That's what, that's 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 our podcast brand. You should not. Don't freak out over this depth chart. And if you are, you're you're reading a little too much into it. The the the, the first depth chart of camp is uh, they're like windshield wipers on headlights. Okay, it's they're just pointless. It, <laughs> they serve no purpose. But they're really there to just keep the you know Titans. Twitter and to the and all of the Titans fans at bay. There's like, yes. here's something. Look at right. it. React. Wait yes. for our first game. Just yeah, exactly. Get, hopefully this gets you to Friday. But Jack, we do have some surprises with there this are. Uh, to, first step chart. To polish off the backup quarterback conversation. Yeah, Woodside's still number two. Um, Barkley's been in the system for less than a week. I don't think that's a surprise. But when you look at a couple positions, they're definitely there's a couple moves that are eyebrow raising. The first of which being at tight end. Anthony Furcher is not your starting tight end, at least on the depth chart. What Jeff Swaim holds fur? that. Yeah. Jeff Swaim holds that position. Now, Swaim also hasn't practiced much this offseason, and I think this could be more of Vrabel saying, look, we're going to run a lot of packages with both of them. They're both going to be out there a good bit. Um, also not alarming because I think everyone who follows this team knows that Anthony Furcher will be out there to catch passes. Jeff Swaim will be out there to block. Just different guys. They do different things. So we Definitely. shouldn't overreact to that. But it is interesting. It's, it's, it's noteworthy because it's on the first depth chart. Well, and it's um, still summer, and and people uh, like to swim. Yeah, it's, it's that swimming. That was a really dumb pain. Was that dad? Was that? Bounce back. Would that get me cut if I was on, if I was on like, this the depth chart for this Titan, or for this it, podcast? It would might. that get me cut? Which brings me to another point. This year, yeah, no, Paul cuts. Kaharski would tweet about that joke and say that joke did not seem explosive to me. <laughs> <laughs> this year, roster cuts are going to be different than we've ever seen it before. Now, this has a lot to do with the three-week preseason. It's going to go from 90-man rosters heading into week one to 85 into week two to 80 into week three. And then you have to drop all the way from 80 to 53. So that's never been done before. That's going to be a first this year, which is going to be I, which praise the heavens for the three week preseason game there. I'm sorry. I just had to say it. I had to get that off my chest. Uh, I think three is the right number three. Yeah, well, I think zero is the right number, but sure. Three, I'll, I'll take anything less yeah, than yeah. what they it's have. Baby they steps. Keep declining. Yeah. Um, so more stuff, uh, you know, while we'll stay up front offensive line, Dylan Radins, he's not even listed at right tackle. Second round draft pick out of North Dakota State was drafted to play right tackle, is listed as the backup right guard behind Nate Davis. Kendall Lamb and Ty Sambrello, both, this is interesting as well. They're both listed as a starting right tackle. So Ravel's not giving one an edge over another. I mean, this is seems like it's gonna be a full-on prove it in the preseason type deal. Right. And that's not that's not to say, I mean, look, I wouldn't put it past Mike Vrabel to just tape those two guys up together like a three-legged race <laughs> and put them both at right tackle. It, it's possible. I Rabel is a strategist, all right? He figures out ways to give his team an advantage. Very well could be the double guy playing right tackle. Check the, yeah, check the britches report for, for that combo would be interesting. <laughs> um, then what we size do you think they would wear? Like, oh, like, there's no like 9XL? Like <laughs> 48 waist probably. I don't know. But another another position of interest, we have Chester Rogers. He's starting at punt returner, and guys, I there's a from the hype that we've seen and we've heard, and from the guys we've talked to, Chester Rogers is going to make this roster. Chester Rogers, uh, he played, he spent four years in Indy, 111 catches for 1,200 yards, five touchdowns, but he returned 60 punts 
up in Indy. 9.2 average on those. He seems to be the odds-on favorite over Cam Batson to, to, you know, secure that role. Darrington Evans starting a kick returner. That's going to be fun to watch too. That's special teams is always such an area in which sucks, but you know, special teams is an area of concern for this Titans team, typically, especially in their turn game. I mean, since Mariani's been gone, it, there really hasn't been a dynamic guy back there with Darrington Evans and now Chester Rogers. I think that there's at least some hope that they will, you know, you know improve to at least adequate uh, or slightly above adequate. Yeah. The uh, few notables for me, uh, first and foremost, uh, the third string left guard uh, on the depth chart, Paul Adams. And you're like, Paul Adams, that name doesn't I know that. Paul Adams. Do you know Paul Adams? He went to CPA. He played at Missouri. Well, yeah, I, I would say he went to Missouri. Also, he played at CPA. I would, I would have, I would have said that. You flipped it. I, I would have flipped it. Yeah, okay. if I was you. But, but Reverse yeah, Paul Adams. Okay. Really hoping he makes the team. Um, uh, I don't know. He was a practice squad guy late in the year last year, if I'm not mistaken. For the Titans. Yeah. I remember hearing about them signing him in the offseason, which which got me. Really I don't know excited. how long he stuck around, but I, I was actually was at, at his. Point. I was at his signing day. That was uh, him huh. and another CPA guy. Uh, signed at mizzou and i was there i don't know why i was there but i mean probably I mean, because he was going to mizzou am i one of those creepy like I, older guys that like look if you're a first-time like, like, listener listening to like, this then too you deep into recruiting you, <laughs> you definitely have your questions about austin huff right i'm now. like hey 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 paul congrats on signing with mizzou. <laughs> been waiting for you to do this yeah hey um, <laughs> uh, been, been following your career man it, uh, we're really happy for you man we're really excited to have you down in columbia uh the other one i, I think it's really interesting derrick henry listed fourth uh on the depth chart at running back um, yeah he's got a lot where, to prove this yeah hopefully hopefully yeah Hopefully he makes the cut. Uh, no, but I do think it is funny. Brian Hill and uh, Mekis uh, Sargent, the fourth and fifth listed running backs. Brian Hill serviceable. Pretty, yeah, but they're 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 dead men walking, right? They, they like not a likely, chance they make. They most likely are. But Brian Hill played you know real snaps for Atlanta last year. Um, yeah. And, moving on. And, uh, wait, uh, real quick. Uh, last two n- notes that I have made from the, looking at the step chart. Uh, Janoris Jenkins literally listed on the depth chart as Jack Rabbit Jenkins. That is awesome. Not Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins isn't starting a cornerback for this Titans team. It's Jack Rabbit Jenkins, which I missed that memo. If that's his like official, this is the team issue depth chart. We'll have to go back to the early or the mid 2000s to see if Adam Jones instead of Pac-Man Jones. Yeah, was on the depth right. Chart. That's a I good like that question. trend. I like. I, look, I, I look, wish you could do all nicknames for. If, we, if he wants to go by Jackrabbit, I'll call him Jackrabbit all season long. There's so many more puns and things that you could work with, uh, jokes wise, uh, with that name rather rather than Janoris. Uh, and then lastly, <laughs> I, I noticed that you did not mention on the depth chart when it comes to the kicking game. Oh yes, this is. Yeah, where I noticed I was you going. just you. I, I look. It was probably just it just slipped your mind. I'm sure you were going to get to it, but Tucker McCann still number one. On on that kicking uh, depth chart uh, in front of Sam Ficken. So. They've both been hitting in training camp, which is great news. I just great want news. one good one. I just want one really good one that we can have for a while. But I'm picking Ficken. By the way, I'm copywriting that. When they when Sam Ficken is announced the starter, I get to tweet that. No one can steal it. Um, uh, yeah. The Titans uh, have picked Ficken. Or the Titans are picking Ficken. It would be nice to have like your starting – your starting field goal kicker have a last name that rhymes with kicking. I mean, that's, I will give you that. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm telling you, there's much more to work with storyline wise, headline wise. With Sam yeah, but McCann, McCann, I am proud to be an American McCann. Mm -mm, no, or at least I know I'm free. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that plays. I, I but think I'll workshop thing, it. Just give me some time. All right. I wrote a song thing, about Derrick Henry last year. I think I could write one about Tucker McCann. We'll talk more about the wide receivers with John Glennon, but it is going to be a full on battle, y'all. It is going to be a full-on battle from wide receiver three to wide receiver seven. They'll probably keep seven. And there's that group where Josh Reynolds, who Paul Karski has said lacked has lacked explosiveness. <laughs> Easy. Um, make sure you yeah, make sure you clarify that. That came from uh uh Paul McCar Paul Karski, because you don't want AJ Brown coming after this podcast. So there's six guys fighting for five spots, and it's Josh Reynolds, Chester Rogers, Marcus Johnson, who's been a standout, he's a veteran, Des Fitzpatrick, the fourth rounder, Mc Racy McMath, the sixth rounder. I believe he was six. Was he said? I think he was six. Um, and then, of course, friend of the podcast, Nick Westbrook Akine. Oh, I love him. Yeah. So good luck him. to NWI in that. But yeah, that's going to be a big one to watch. That, that's a, that's probably my my biggest. That, that's where my attention lies, at least. If NWI does not make this team, you and I are going to have an on like we're like the whole podcast is going to just be a funeral, and it's gonna going to be crushing. We're going to speak in hushed tones. But it's not going to happen. You know why? NWI was born for cut day. He was born for 53. Okay. He's either going to be the 53rd or 54th guy. Wait, I don't, don't say bet against 54th. NWI. Yeah, no. Don't say he's going to be the 54th. Say he's going to be the 53rd. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you that this is a battle. This, this is, is a battle, a battle. to this the death. Battle. And look, I, look, I'll take my chances with NWI. The, the Wolf Pack. Woo! Oh, oh, oh! Um, the Jack, Jack, before we get into, uh, John Glennon, let's first get a word from our friends at DraftKings. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, take advantage of this limited time offer. Now you heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts they're offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z Sports to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code A to Z Sports to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. And now let's get to John Glennon! We are joined now by a reoccurring guest on this podcast, an uncle, if you will, of this podcast. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Glennon Sports. 
He is a Titans Preds writer for Broadway Sports. Guys, seriously, go check out his work. He's phenomenal, uh, phenomenal writing and, and reporting uh, by this guy right here. The And is honestly the only Titans reporter who, uh, who has the gonads to go undercover uh, at Karma Nightclub <laughs> for a Titan story. So got to give credit where it's due. Mr. John Glennon. John, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Appreciate that uh, that uh, unique um, uh, introduction there. Hopefully I won't have to repeat that performance anytime uh, uh, this decade or so. <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah, have you gone undercover? Any Broadway bars or anything lately for you? Yeah, yeah. It's possible, but if I did, I I, I can't share it, you know, because it's, you know, that's, it's obviously that's true. private, it's undercover work. So maybe, you know, five to ten years down the line, we can we can let go of those kinds of stories. Since this is an audio medium, just blink twice if you are currently <laughs> undercover. Uh, <laughs> that was like four times. I don't know what I don't know what that means. Uh, that means it's so undercover. It's, it's not undercover. I I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Two undercover stories at one time. Um, uh, John, all right. So I got to ask you, I, and this goes to the whole reporting, writing, uh, when covering a team. As we all know, uh, one of your colleagues uh, uh, was retweeted by AJ Brown this week, and uh, basically for for spitting, I guess some of his own opinion into a video that he took at training camp. Um, and what I want to ask you, John, is what, what do you think? As a journalist, you've been doing it for years. Uh, just a, a, a an incredible resume that you've got, obviously. And we talked about your undercover reporting ability. I mean, just beyond. Uh, Versatile. I got to ask you, as a writer reporter, how much is it your responsibility to just report on what's going on versus how much is it your responsibility to mix in some of your own opinion uh, on what you are seeing and what you are reporting on? I think that's uh, a really good question. And I think that gray area uh, has continued to kind of get bigger and bigger over the years. You know, I think back in the day, you know, probably when I, uh, you know, would start out in, in this business, you know, it was it was just the facts, ma'am. You know, here's what happened. Here's this guy running. Here's what, uh, you know, I, I observed. Uh, you know, I'm going to give this information to you. You you do with it as you will, reader. Uh, but I think that's changed, um, you know, certainly in the last, you know, 10 years and, and probably, you know, even more than that. You know, and I think there's a lot of fans now that that like and appreciate, you know, people delivering some insight, you know, saying, hey, OK, uh, you're the guy who's out there watching, you know, practice every day. Um, you know, what do you think? You know, what 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 what's your take after after seeing all this, you know, right up close and personal? Give us an, a little opinion out there as well. And, you know, so, so and it also depends on the site that you work for. If you're working for the, uh, you know, maybe for, say, the Associated Press, again, that's going to be straight down the middle. That's going to be here, the facts, you know, as we present them. But, you know, in in, in this situation, you know, for, for Paul Koharski, we shall we shall name names. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, oh, 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 PK. Oh, no, he's <laughs> right. uh, another uncle of the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, is, is, is a friend of mine as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think. He operates a, a pay website um, that, you know, people go to for his opinion, you know, and for his in insight, sure. 
uh, on the Titans. Again, he's a guy that's been been covering the Titans for a long time. So to me, it, it was it would be one thing, you know, if if on that uh, tweet, if Paul Kowarski had come on there and said, you know, uh, uh, you know, Josh Reynolds is a jerk and he uh, and he doesn't show any explosion in this video, or or Josh Reynolds is a, is a moron and he doesn't show any explosion in this video. Then you know you're taking personal shots, you're taking personal jabs at someone. I don't think that would be called for, and I could see where there'd be a groundswell of or, or you know backlash against him. But in my opinion, what he did, he observed. You know, he shot the video, he presented the video, and and gave his insight on it, and said, uh, you know, I personally don't see any uh, you know explosion here. That that's his his take. You know, and, and as we saw, A.J. Brown has his take on the situation. But <laughs> what, what, I, what I think also has happened over the years now is that we have um, had so many more, you know, maybe kind of fan-based sites uh, build up over the years. And also, you know, we've had so much, you know, uh, so many more um, team-based website reporting, you know, which is slanted, obviously, for, for the team that, uh, you know, makes sense. But I think, you know, a lot of readers now almost expect almost all websites to be kind of, you know, in that same mode, kind of back in the team or, or back in the players and not really to be critical anymore. And I think they run into trouble sometimes when, you know, more traditional media websites are saying, you know, we, we try to put, you know, a, a balanced um, you know, view of things. We're going to, you know, we're going to say our opinion. We're going to be critical. If we think we need to be critical, we're going to praise. If there's praise to, to be delivered, uh, you know, I think sometimes people don't want uh, any of the critical and they take it personally, um, you know, when, when there's uh, when there's any criticism. And, I, and to me, I think that's what happened there. In your career, have you felt the need to have to uh, kind of change the way you've gone about reporting or or covering a team uh, to add in some of your own opinion, just based off of you know, as you said, the game has changed since you when you first started to where it's at now. Have you kind of felt the need to shift your own version of reporting? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. You know, I can remember uh, you know when I was at the Tennessee and uh, a few years back, I can remember our our editor you know kind of calling a meeting one time and. And, and kind of pushing us in that direction a little bit more saying, you know, we want to be the insiders, um, you know, we want to write with real authority, um, you know, to separate ourselves from, you know, people who are uh, 20 miles away from the Titans and, and, you know, just reporting based on hearsay and so forth. We want you guys to be the insiders. We want your opinion, your analysis out there. So to me, that was clearly a sign that that we were changing, um, you know, and and uh, we were required. And and I think it was a good thing in general. Again, you know, as I say, if we're the ones that are out there every single day, if we're the ones talking to players, if we're the ones talking to coaches, you know, I, I think it's fair to believe that that fans out there will be interested in what we have to say. Um, you know, and what we observe out there. So, yeah, I, I think I've changed. Um, and especially now, you know, uh, you know, right now working for, for a website like, like Broadway, you know, I, I think that gives you even more, um, you know, more leeway um, to do that kind of thing, to share opinions. And, and, 
you know, again, like, you know, Broadway, and then also, you know, I was working at The Athletic before that, you're not necessarily just a reporter, but you kind of fill a number of roles where you can be, a, you know, an analyst, you're a reporter, even sometimes a columnist. So you, you have to kind of wear different hats. And it's almost like you're saying for this story, I'm sharing opinion for this story. Here are my facts, you know, here are my observations of the rookies, you know, here's, you know, make what you will of them. Um, but yeah, there, there certainly has been a change myself included, uh, over the years in that regard. Nate, you, you've, you, now, one more question on the whole A.J. Brown thing. Obviously, the tweet was deleted very shortly after it was tweeted. Uh, have you talked to anyone with the team like about it or have you heard any <laughs> anything about like them being, you know, like getting on A.J. for yeah, kind of I mean, because you could you could say like P.K. was justified, you know, no matter how you feel about Paul Kaharski. Sure. All he did was tweet the video and his yeah. opinion on it. And then AJ kind of like came to his, his, his teammates defense. Has anyone, have you heard anything from the Titan side of things on if they're I, I, frustrated I with AJ? Yeah. I didn't specifically inquire on that out there today, but it certainly <laughs> was a hot topic uh, amongst the media. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think, well, maybe predictably, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the media, you know, kind of, kind of felt the same way that, uh, you know, a that that Paul Kowarski has had a whole lot hotter takes or, <laughs> right, or right, uh, right. big time opinions than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know that that was the the thing that that drove everybody uh, you know crazy, and that AJ Brown decided to jump on was a little bit surprising. Um, and and B again, you know, that's a guy who has an opinion. AJ Brown, you know, when he when he jumped in and tweeted said who cares about your opinion or, or in so many words said, said, uh, who cares about your opinion and, and great. Well, well, you know, maybe that's the way AJ feels, but at the same time, Paul Kowarski has got a website that people pay for that people pay for his subscription. Paul sure. Kowarski has probably got close to a hundred thousand Twitter followers. So obviously some people do care, you know, about, about what he has to say on this. So everybody's uh, entitled to their opinion. And to me, I've always, I said this to somebody uh, today, um, uh, you know, whenever I started tweet, like I probably shouldn't tweet this, but uh, which AJ <laughs> Brown did, it's right. probably best not to tweet that, um, yeah. you know, and, and I think AJ, I, I, I personally love AJ. I think he's got a great personality. Uh, you know, he's been tremendous with the media with, with me as well, but you know, I, I just, and I can see what he was doing. He was coming to the aid you know, to the defense of a fellow wide receiver, um, but you know, I, I, I think he could have picked maybe another, maybe that wasn't the, the most logical battle in, in my opinion. To, to pick. Nobody's ever like, I probably shouldn't tweet this, but Paul Kaharski is a really good reporter, like a really <laughs> nice guy. You know, like nobody ever like follows it after like with a compliment or something that should be tweeted. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You know, um, and, and another thing that that's, that's interesting too, you know, a lot of people come down on, 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 on. Paul, or, or uh, you know, they'll, they'll say, I love him because he's the only guy that that's critical out there, or, or I can't right. stand him because he's too critical. But to me, uh, you know, I, I think you can be critical, uh, certainly of, of a player or of a team, but not needing to do so in any kind of a, a loud, uh, you know, attention getting fashion, um, you know, which 
perhaps from time to time, um, my friend PK might acknowledge a slight <laughs> bit of guilt. Uh, in that. Might, might, uh, might not, might not either. Uh, um, but you know, I, I don't think you have to be a shredding, ripping type of criticism to be critical. So I think you can draw, you know, a line and, and you don't have to be a ranter and a raver to be critical. Um, just as on the other team, on the other side of things, you don't have to be, I, I think if you praise a coach, a team, a player, whatever, I don't, I don't think that makes you a cheerleader either. You know, those are, those are your observations. So-and-so mm-hmm. did a good, good, had a good practice, had a good game, you know, coach made a good decision. You know, it's, it's, it's the good and the bad, you know, you're not out there wearing your team colors and you're, and you're not out there hoping for the demise of the, the franchise either. So it's, uh, you know, you, you try to walk that line. I like to think of PK as kind of a puffer fish. You know, he usually goes with the flow, but at times can swell up, maybe stab somebody on accident. Um, <laughs> you didn't think you were going to get a uh, PK as a puffer fish take on this podcast, did you? That's right. That's right. The rarely, rarely seen. He's he's necessary. He's a necessary member of Titans media, though. It, it, sure. it, it, yeah. Nobody's yeah, questioning yeah, that. I, I agree. And and as I say, it, it just kind of struck me funny that like of all the things that that PK has tweeted or said over the years, like <laughs> that's that the was one. It really? That's the one that's you <laughs> yeah, know that's not people, explosive. Though. It wasn't even like that bad of a dig. Like no, it's just like no. He, he could have just been having a bad day at camp or something. Right. And and I told. Uh, Kowarski today, I said, uh, you know, because yesterday afternoon after practice, um, you know, Josh Reynolds was actually one of the players at the fence, you know, for us to do interviews with after, after practice. And Kowarski was asking him specifically, he said, you know, where do you stand in terms of your explosion uh, and so forth, you know, have, have basically, uh, you know, in so many words, he was asking, you know, ha- have the Titans seen the, the best of you? And certainly the indication from Josh Reynolds was, yeah. Um, you know, we've seen the best. And I, and I told Paul, I said, you should have brought that up, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that you talked to Josh Reynolds specifically. And that was his response, you know, uh, because that would have added to his, you know, the argument that he was making that, that he just wasn't seeing it yet from, from Josh Reynolds. So, I mean, that maybe that'll, that'll come out in, uh, in future times, or maybe a little, I'll be water under the bridge. soon. Yeah. Hey, moving on from PK, the Titans, released their first unofficial depth chart. Um, a bunch of surprises on there. You, you know, we, we talked about some in the first half of this podcast with uh, Jeff Swain being listed as a starter at tight end and no rookies obviously starting yet. Mike Vrabel wants them to earn their stripes. What jumped off the page to you when you saw that first depth chart? Um, I, I will say the rookies, but I, I will add that I am not necessarily shocked by that either. Uh, because this is Mike Vrabel, who you know who comes obviously from through the the Belichick uh, tree and and so forth, uh, you know. So it's a little comical in in some ways. You know, you look at one of the corner spots, and and you know uh, Caleb Farley and and Elijah Molden are are both below uh, Brian Body Calhoun. Uh, on the, on the <laughs> yeah. depth chart and you want to go yeah you know not, not so not so sure that's the case but you know that's what he does and it's not new you know he's, he's done that in in years before um you know so I, and, and then i think if i recall correctly i think both of the the rookie uh wide receiver uh picks were listed below kalijah lipscomb um <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to wind up that way come the come the 53 man he's roster. good at vandy though yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, here we go. Here we you know, go. I, I think that in, in terms of the tight end, um, you know, I, I, I can see why why people 
I'd make a big deal out of that, but I really, uh, and, and Mike Vrabel said something, you know, uh, afterwards to this effect that it's probably going to more depend on, you know, who the opponent is really as to who the starter is each week. You know, if they're coming out and they're trying to sling the ball around, you know, Anthony Ferkser is going to be in there most of the time, you know, Jeff Swain will, will be a starter, but just because you start doesn't mean you're going to get the majority of the snaps. You know, I, I think, uh, as, as we know, obviously Anthony Ferkser is more of a pass catcher, Jeff Swain, more of a blocker. So, you know, I think it'll be a situational thing and I don't, I don't think people should get too hung up on, on one being the starter, uh, one being a starter over the other. Uh, you know, the other thing that, that caught my eye certainly is that Dylan Radin's, you know, listed as a, as a right guard, yeah. uh, you know, the, the Titans certainly drafted him as a, as a right tackle, as we, as we know, but you know, I, I think maybe at this point, and, and, you know, we still have weeks that, that things could change, but I think, you know, Mike Vrabel knows he's got two guys he can depend on at, at right tackle uh, and in Kendall Lamb and, and Ty Sambrello and, and maybe comfortable with working Raidens as a guard right now. You know, we, we all know the Titans love versatility in their offensive linemen, you know, and the, the more versatile linemen that you have, the less that you have to keep on the 53 because, you know, most guys can play either guard or tackle maybe at that point. Um, but, you know, maybe he's seeing something right now that, that Dylan Raines is trying to make that jump, uh, you know, from, from an FCS level school. He didn't play last year except for one game, and maybe it's not going to happen right away at tackle. So, you know, it was interesting to me to, to see that at guard. But again, you know, uh, I say we still got a long way to go in training camp and, and a lot of things could still change. And you mentioned, you know, and you're out there every day, so you know more than we do, obviously, but you mentioned that they're kind of trying to keep things tight in that offensive line group. Um, how does it look at wide receiver? Because that's a position that I think that they, you know, they could possibly keep seven and then slot one on the practice squad. We hear a lot about Chester Rogers. You know, he was listed as the starting punt returner, and he's got experience in Indianapolis. Marcus Johnson's supposedly been a standout. Racy McMath, has, from what we've heard, been better than Des Fitzpatrick what all what all are you noticing with that group yeah it's it's uh it is probably the most uh, interesting position i would say to watch you know and and you mentioned the seven and and you know um at at, at first when you think keeping seven wide receivers on a 53-man roster you're crazy you know that's that's too much you're never going to get enough work uh you know out of, out of seven wide receivers that, that's you know uh ridiculous you're, you're hurting other positions uh, and then you go, okay, so who are you going to cut, you know, in, in that kind of situation? And then it gets interesting because, you know, I think you've got the top three, you know, obviously, even though, uh, you know, Josh Reynolds hasn't been able to get too much action so far, I, I would still consider him to be, you know, the number three behind uh, AJ and, and Julio. I have to think that Marcus Johnson, the, the way the camp has, has gone so far, is your number four, if not your number three uh, at this wow. point. You know, if you're going to have a returner, you think that's Chester Rogers. Okay. That's five. Then, then, okay. Do you want to keep both rookies on your 53? Because if you, if you take the chance of trying to slide one onto the practice squad, there's a chance, you know, he might get, might get snatched up. Um, if you, if you go that route and keep both those guys in the 53, well, what about Nick Westbrook who, yes. uh, who, who you love as a special teams guy, and who they really seem to like as a, as a wide receiver too. So, all right, say you keep Westbrook and McMath as your two gunners 
on special teams and they can, you know, make a big impact there. Where does that leave Des Fitzpatrick? You know, do you, again, do you, do you have to try and slide him onto a practice squad? Uh, um, you know, maybe you can, but on the other hand, maybe another, you know, team with, with a number of good receivers, Hey, says, Hey, we can, we can afford to pick up Des Fitzpatrick, you know, let him ride the bench for a year and, and get better. Um, you know, on the 53. So it's really interesting. And then, you know, like, like uh, a name we haven't even mentioned here, Cam Batson, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. um, here's well, a guy that, again, the who, bat could, who could be a, a returner, you know, he's kind of the gadget guy, you know, he does the, uh, the, 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 the wild cam, uh, if you, if you will <laughs> out there, um, you know, he, he provides something a little bit different not to cut you off, but you went the wild cam over the wild bat that's true yeah you can go I, you're right you're right i do like the wild bat better it's got, it's got, a, it's got, a, it's got a better ring to it so did arthur smith but uh but yeah you know because he's got that that you know deal where where the titans have so many big guys um well um you know this is a guy who can uh, uh who can who can you know is quick out there who can separate a little bit you know who maybe gives you that little bit of a slot presence um you know that some of the other guys don't offer so you know you can't forget about him yet uh and then you know even a guy like um you know mason kinsey okay he's probably not going to make the roster but he showed up you know well out there and and uh, you know maybe down the line one of these guys goes out you know I, I certainly wouldn't rule out uh you know him coming aboard either no wide receiver has ever come up bigger for the Tennessee Titans, dare I say in franchise history, on third and fives and fourth and fives than Cam Batson. That guy right. is, he is the go-to in yeah. that, in those situations. Yeah, and, and even things catches. like, um, you know, like, like you know, not that the Titans run a lot of them, but, you know, every now and then like a jet sweep uh, or something yeah. like that. You know, he's got he's got good speed. Um, you know, just like I say, he's a guy who can add a little bit of a wrinkle that that maybe some of these other guys don't have. Uh, you know, how important is that? I, I don't know, but it's a weird situation, you know, for, for so long with the Titans, you know, you, you've been uh, dragging kind of the bottom of the barrel just to come up with, you know, five good guys on the roster. And, and I'm not saying all these guys obviously are elite, but they all they all present various strengths, uh, you know, for being kept on that roster, um, you know, and, and you wonder and you don't want to let some of them go. Uh, certainly not. Uh, again, like like a racing math, you know, you're you're scared about maybe putting him on a practice squad because some other team again might say, "Hey, we like him just for special teams." You know, this guy is big, he's fast, plays physical. We'll let him be a gunner all year, and that's all we need from him. You know, so yeah. it's uh, it's gonna be very interesting to see how those numbers get whittled down. Yeah, plus like a name like Racy McMath, you're not going to be on the open market very, <laughs> very long. One. But hey, yeah, NWI so. and uh, Mason Kinsey, they're they've both come on the podcast. So, oh yeah, this uh, is tiebreaker goes probably, to those two. Yeah, you will not you will not find a podcast that is bigger fans of NWI and Mason Kinsey than than the Titan <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that is yeah, something both, we both will too. hang our hat on. <laughs> I understand, and uh, you know, NWI has has, uh, has picked up his game in terms of uh receiving that certainly we saw him struggle last year in terms of uh, you know being consistent on the on the catches um but i think he's he's, he's certainly made some strides there and and again you know uh, team loves 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 what they get uh from him on on special teams and as a, as a blocker 
in the, in the in the game in the passing game running game I should say uh, as well. So a lot of good things to say about him. Yeah, well, speaking of NWI, one of his big catches last season came on a fake punt special yes. teams that was thrown by Logan Woodside, which kind of brings me to my next question. Nicely segue. Good work. It, thank you. That's it. That's pro. That's it for all the young broadcasters listening at home. That is how it is done. Just write down <laughs> notes. Uh, is Matt Barkley the backup quarterback that the Titans have needed? I don't think so. Um, I think he could be if maybe, you know, if he had, if I'm putting Matt Barkley and Logan Woodside side by side after two years, both in the same system, um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I give certainly Matt Barkley the edge. He's a guy who's played a lot of NFL games and, you know, seen some success. Uh, so I think he'd be the guy, but, you know, I, 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 I don't think, you can just kind of shoo Logan Woodside away each time one of these more experienced guys uh, rolls in, as we saw in, in Deshaun Kaiser. Um, you know, I, obviously they, they like something about Logan Woodside a lot in, in that they have kept him, uh, you know, for this long. He certainly knows the system very well. He clearly has done everything he can outside of playing in a in a regular season NFL game. Um, but, you know, what what should be – uh, big, um, obviously this year is the preseason games. We didn't have the preseason games last year. Um, you know, I, I, Mike Frabel sort of referenced and indicated earlier in training camp that, you know, both, uh, um, you know, Woodside, uh, and he was talking about Kaiser at that point, I assume it goes for, for Berkeley now as well, but those guys will get a lot of snaps, you know, Ryan Tannehill won't get a lot. So, you know, uh, Logan Woodside is again going to get his chance to say, hey, look what I can do and in as close to an NFL game um, as I can. Whereas Matt Barkley is going to say, hey, look, I played in a, in a similar system for some years, you know, under under in, in the in the kind of the Shanahan uh, offensive system, you know, so I don't necessarily need a full training camp. Um, you know, to, to be up to speed here and, and this is what I can do. And I've got an NFL resume too, but if I had to put money on it right now, I'm, I'm leaning, uh, I'm still leaning Logan Woodside. Ooh. All right. It's, and this, I, I don't mean this to be uh, disrespectful by any means If anything. I, I mean it to be a compliment, but is yeah. Logan Woodside a cockroach because the man cannot be killed. It is, <laughs> it is unbelievable. Like, and I, I, it's to his credit. I, I, I hope he has success because I'm a Logan Woodside fan, but the man it's, it doesn't matter who the Titans, Deshaun Kaiser, bam, gone. Matt Trevor Barkley Simeon last year, Trevor Simeon last year. Great point, Jack. It, like it's, it, no one should go. If I'm in like, if I'm in like a mortal Kombat video game, I'm not going up against Logan Woodside because you know, it's, it's a cheat code. It, you're going to die. I, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting because as, you know, as we've been saying, this is a guy who was, uh, you know, really not, to, I think he's what probably taken one, one snap uh, <laughs> yeah, in NFL yeah. game if, if, if that, uh, um, yeah. and, and he's knocking these guys down that, that have had uh, a much more NFL experience, but, He's a guy that that clearly has worked his way into favor because of, you know, how how seriously uh, he's committed himself to the to the program. You know, he's a guy that that has won, you know, the, the offseason award from time to time. So, you know, that the uh, uh, the, the study is there. Uh, everything has been there except for Logan Ryan, except for what he cannot control. 
And what he cannot control is the is the fact that Ryan Tannehill has been so healthy so far, which brings up uh, another interesting point. Are we due, uh, you know, and, and let's hope oh, be this careful, is not John. the case. As John, far as John, the John where are you going with this? <laughs> I know. As far as the Titans are concerned, I hope this is not the But, you know, Logan Ryan has started, I think it's, I mean, I, no, no. Let's try that again. Ryan Tannehill has started 30 straight games, um, you know, for the Titans. 26 regular season, four in the playoffs. Um, really, there hasn't been a, you know, a question going into any of these games. Are we do because let's face it, his track record in Miami, especially the last few years before he came to Tennessee, was not as good uh, injury wise. So, you, you know, plenty of praise for for Ryan Tannehill for for doing the right things. And and I think, you know, last year he even went further in that in that respect by by throwing more footballs away, you know, living to see another down, kind of you know getting less sacked. Uh, so he's done a great job of staying healthy, but. Or is Ryan Tannehill due? Yeah. If so, that that backup, yeah, no. That's, uh, if that's so, all knocking. of a sudden, that that backup quarterback uh, situation becomes much more important. It's a fair question, but John, if you just spoke that into existence, then you will be yeah. our gypsy uncle. Yeah, John, you you were public enemy number one of this podcast. If 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 God forbid anything happens to our our sweet little <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. I will be considered the cockroach at that point. <laughs> yeah, you'll be. Hey, yeah. Talk about being a, being tweeted by AJ Brown. I think he who his next target yeah. will be. That's that's right. Well, I just saw something. I I didn't get a chance to. I know Korski tweeted something about AJ Brown. I, I I don't know if you guys saw it uh, come across yet, but I'll be I'll be curious to see what it. Uh, what it was. The the drama continues. Oh, while yeah. we while we check on that. Um, Real quick to, ra- to to get close to wrapping things up here. It's game week, finally. Even though it's preseason game week, you know, it's still, yep. we have a football game to look forward to. So that brings me to my question. What or who will you be keeping your eye on week one of preseason? You know, a lot of the stars aren't going to get time, but in this new three-week preseason, it'll be interesting to see how long they leave certain guys in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, with some of the, the things that, that we have talked about, um, you know, obviously the wide receiver depth, you know, that, that, that group of four or five guys, or even six that are battling for, for, uh, you know, a much less number of spots. I think it'll be interesting to see how they fare. Um, you know, I, I want to see two, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to watching last year's rookie draft class, you know, be, because they had such a, you know, it was almost a wash. Uh, for those guys, they had no off season, you know, uh, training camp was, was, um, you know, affected as well. And, and some key guys like Evan, Darrington Evans and Christian Fulton, you know, were hurt for so long. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how those guys make a jump, um, you know, and, and maybe we'll see that first in, in some of these preseason games. Uh, Cause I think that um, that certainly needs to happen because as we all know that the, uh, the 2020 draft class uh, has not, uh, has not, fared particularly well so far for the Titans. Um, I think what else, you know, like in terms of the secondary, um, they've got so many young guys now at, at those corner spots. You know, Jenkins is, is really the the sole experienced guy. So for a lot of those guys, whether it's, uh, you know, Christian Fulton, whether it's Chris Jackson, uh, Elijah Molden, 
you know, I, I'm assuming we will probably not see Caleb Farley yet, but uh, you know, a lot of those young guys you're, are, are going to need to sync and are, uh, are going to be in sync and, and, you know, form some kind of chemistry out there. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll be uh, looking forward to seeing them uh, going against the, uh, the, the Arthur Smith offense. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to answer your question earlier about uh, what PK just tweeted about AJ Brown, uh, it was actually in response to your colleague, Mike Herndon, big, this is a big Mike Herndon podcast. We love, mm -hmm. we love Uncle oh, yeah. Mike. Uh, he tweeted basically saying that it, it essentially uh, in his tweet, basically saying that he would not be surprised if, um, if Josh Reynolds did not even make the cut for this roster. Um, I believe Mike, Mike did that or yeah, I think so. Hang on. Uh, let me, I'm, 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 I'm skimming this is, is what Breaking I'm doing. News. Yeah, live on the air. He says, uh, I'll add my thoughts to the general Josh Reynolds discussion. It's not crazy to think that Marcus Johnson or Chester Rogers could emerge as the Titans wide receiver three, given how camp has gone. He's making $762,500 more than Johnson. It's not uh, like they're super committed to him financially. And frankly, I agree with uh, Tron Davenport. It wouldn't be jaw-dropping for him to miss the cut. Somebody out of the Reynolds, McMath, Johnson, Fitzpatrick, Cortez is getting left behind, and Reynolds has some work to do to prove he's more valuable than the upside of the Rooks. To which PK, our guy, tweeted, this is way more than what got me leveled by AJ. <laughs> <laughs> so let me roll Mike under the bus here to get myself out from, from under <laughs> Is the, is the PK approach. Oh, oh man. Uh, oh, all right. Goodness. Before John, before we get you out of here, I got to ask you two questions. Uh, uh, where do we stand with the kickers? Is it Tucker McCann's job to lose? Uh, I kind of feel like no. Uh, <laughs> that's not that. the answer I wanted to hear. That's the answer. That's the answer. Answer Jack wanted to hear, but that's not the answer yeah. I wanted to hear. We have a bet, John. We have a bet. He's yeah. all Tucker McCann. I'm all Tucker McCann. He's a Mizzou guy. I can't bet against my oh, own. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, well, yeah. well, you know, clearly there was something they liked about Tucker because, again, he didn't have much uh, – or, you know, he only made it through, what was it, probably half of last year before going on, on IR, yet they still brought him back, you know, for, for futures contract, and here he is now. I think he's got a very, you know, powerful – leg you know and and that you know that makes a difference too in terms of not only field goal for kickoffs um you know for for years we watched the titans struggle trying to get touchbacks and i think you know tucker mccann would, would fare pretty well uh in that regard i can't say you know it's his to to lose either you know you look at sam ficken uh who's got the the nfl experience you know he's he's kicked in front of crowds you know he hasn't always fared well um, but, uh, you know, last year, 13 for 15 with the Jets, uh, in a, in a weird twist, he missed more extra points than he did field goals. I think he missed three extra points. Um, so that makes me a little, little nervous there. Um, I think it's a good battle there, but I'm still not, not, uh, convinced that either of those guys is the, is the magic answer. Maybe they are, they've been cooking pretty well the, the last few days, but, you know, I, I still, you know, uh, wonder if they're, they're going to break that glass in, in case of emergency here in another uh, week or two and call down the street to old Steven Goskowski. Yeah, old Steven Goskowski. Uh, the Undertaker. I hope he, I, yeah, I hope he, he emerges like The Undertaker and you just hear this <laughs> bell ring and then all of a sudden yeah. things go dark at Titans camp. Exactly. Oh my they, they, gosh, that's that's Steven Goskowski's music. Yeah, and, and if they do, you know, it, it's – 
it's disappointing in that you know they they maybe kind of wasted some time in in doing that um i i don't i don't know you know i i would assume one of the reasons if not if not maybe the only reason not to bring goskowski back uh as opposed to one of these other guys is you know goskowski costs uh a little bit more uh because honestly as much as goskowski struggled for part of the year he did finish up pretty well uh for the most part so you know you wind up being pretty disappointed i think um uh, again that maybe you if none of these other guys pan out that maybe you couldn't have seen that in advance maybe you're you know you're your analysis or your uh, evaluation of these other guys wasn't good enough, uh, you know, and that, that it should have been Goskowski all along, but we'll see. Maybe it can still be the, uh, the Mizzou tiger. If there's one thing I trust uh, Mike Vrabel's decision-making in, it's definitely decisions in the kicking game. That's <laughs> that much has been it's gone very well so far. Clearly over the years, it, there's just like, that's the one area where I'm like, Oh, Vrabel is going to nail this no matter what he just goes. With. Uh, let's, to, to his credit though, I guess he has, uh, he has delegated uh, in, in that uh, way this year, you know, bringing on James Will Hoyt um, as a, as a coach of sorts too. So maybe he has recognized that, that uh, hole in his resume and said, <laughs> I need a little bit of help there. Uh, is last thing on the way out the door is camp harder for the players or the reporters. <laughs> we are, we're, we're, we're finally to a game week. It is not an look it. I, 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 I empathize with you that it is not easy to have to go out there every single day and just watch guys practice. And that's yeah. really the only thing we have to report on and just talk about. Is it yeah. harder on you or do you think it's harder on the players? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Because uh, um, you, know, you guys are probably for... in full pads as much as they are, honestly, like during some of these camps. <laughs> well, we're we're <laughs> carrying around our natural fat, you know, which I think <laughs> and, and back sweat probably, yeah. Certainly right. balances out with their, with their. <laughs> yeah, imagine so what Uncle Jojo Dubin has to go through when he has, goes out to camp, <laughs> you know? That's right. <laughs> um, but you, yeah, it's, I think the challenge for the media, um, Again, is you know you're going to go through two two and a half weeks of just watching, you know, red zone and seven on seven and team drills and and coming up with original ideas and quote unquote analysis of of you know yet another practice uh, drill out there. I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges. That and yeah, keeping from 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 passing out, um, <laughs> you know, on, uh, on the sidelines and so forth. But you know, certainly, uh, you know, that's, it's a uh, brutal out there for, uh, for those guys as well. Uh, you know, especially the, the full pads and the, uh, and the full context uh, and the full contact, I should say, um, you know, it, it's certainly, you know, you, you talk to, to guys, you know, like a Mike Vrabel or, or, you know, some of the older coaches and, and these training camps are nothing like, uh, you know, what went on way back in the day when you're going, two a days, you know, both full pads uh, and so forth. I think it was terrifically different back then, but, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be out there myself uh, busting it for hours on end in pads and helmets. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Is, is it, is it one of those things when you're out there reporting, like, is, is there any like uh, drill sergeant type like uh, reporter who's like waters for the week and like what makes the grass grow blood makes the grass grow like like drilling you guys as like like players that's are right. we we've yet to find a single reporter that's not soft so most of the time we're, we're like uh, uh everybody uh, guys are the, the the drinks are over here guys and here we found some extra shade 
over in this part over here. So if everybody wants to gather here and guys, we have some extra cold towels over here. So yeah, you know, that's a and we, we've got the opposite of drill. So I think we've got soft sergeants out there. <laughs> at Glennon Sports on Twitter, guys, go check out all his work at Broadway Sports. He is the man, John. We love you, man. We, 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 we are always so appreciative of you taking the time out to join us and talk Titans and, and put up with our dumb questions. We really do appreciate it, man. Sure. Always, always enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on guys. Thanks, John. <laughs> there are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Love us some John Glennon. He is the man. Appreciate him as always. He's just so great. A uh, lot of good, a lot of good content there. And it's nice to have actually someone talking on this podcast that's actually out at camp. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Neither of us, neither of us are out there, but no. The only the only camp I could go to is the Bears camp, and I'm not going to Bears camp here in don't Chicago. Bears. You don't want to you don't want to put yourself through that. Bears. Yeah, right. I don't want to get hit you in the done face by an errant Nick that. Foles throw. For your own um, safety that you don't go. It's for my own safety. Right. Right. Plus, you know, that, that team doesn't know quarterback since Jay Cutler left. Am I right? Gosh, you're so All right. right. Never mind. I'm joking. Hey, I'm last joking. Quarterback to win a playoff game in Chicago. All right. Damn it. I should not have said that. I should not have gotten you started. I'm just talking okay. facts. The thing I want to get into real quick, uh, before we get into Remember the Titan to close out this week's episode. When you talk about the Tennessee Titans as a franchise, there is an obvious thing that you cannot go without saying. Obviously, the Steve McNairs, the Eddie Georges, this franchise was built on their backs. However, there came a point where even Steve McNair went on to the Baltimore Ravens. Eddie George had that run with the Dallas Cowboys. That one-year run, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just one year. It, it, and it was like a run, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, a good point. <laughs> So every great Titans story comes to an end. Um, It's sad to say, but uh, Kerry Collins, no longer a Titan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jake Locker, may he rest in peace. He's not dead. I just hope he lives comfortably wherever he is. Yes. Right. But there's one that has stayed true with the Titans franchise throughout and is still with us today. And you cannot talk about the history of this franchise without this member. And that is none other than Loser's Bar. Loser's Bar and Grill. Down there in Demumbrian. Or no, no, not Demumbrian. It's Midtown. Division. Division. It's in Midtown. Yeah, correct. Sorry. Which makes no sense because Midtown should also be Demumbrian because it's literally like they're connected. Yeah, it's the the top of the street, they're connected. Right. It's, I mean, it's I just, I've always said Demumbrian. I've always said Demumbrian and then Midtown being division. Yeah. I, I don't feel know, like man. it is. There are two separate, yeah, areas. Uh, regardless, the no music sense. of statues are the only thing that divides them. Uh, the <laughs> Jack, I have got a list of things, a list of reasons why Losers is such an integral part in the Titans history. Okay. I'm nervous Ready? for this. I just wonder what all could have happened that I haven't heard of. Okay. Well, we'll start with the the saddest one for you personally. Yes, let's start there. The bar that your boy Zach Mettenberger got sucker punched at was? Yeah, it was losers. It was losers. He got punched right. in the face. I believe somebody ran up to him, punched him in the face, and said, roll tide. Do I have that correct? 
Uh, I believe that I believe that story is correct. Look, and no one's you saying would, you would know better than most of us. You are if, the go-to he, source in national media when it comes to Zach Mettenberger. He either was punched after he said something to a guy who said roll tide. There was a roll tide somewhere in there. And I mean, knowing right. Alabama fans, look, I can't put this past them. And given that it was Zach Mettenberger, he probably took a selfie right before getting into that fight. <laughs> he had a good mustache. I had to show it off. Yeah, it's it's uh, as he did as he did take a selfie right before getting in a fight with JJ Watt uh, in against the Texans. Um, not a literal <laughs> fight; it was more of a one-sided fight. Uh, the now another incident that involved a Titans quarterback that is sadder to legitimately the rest of us, more sad than your precious Zach Menberger getting clocked in the <laughs> noggin. Uh, it, it, losers or the the last bar Steve McNair went to on the night before he passed away was oh no it was losers it was losers that was losers. that's really sad and dark yeah not a lot of people Dang. talk about that um we were having so much fun up until then hey let's bring it back to like I don't know I lighten the mood lighten either. the mood what is I'll this try word? to lighten the mood but it's gonna be hard to with this next one as well oh. uh when Uncle Keith Bullock friend of this podcast uh when he oh, got my. a DUI <laughs> where he wrecked into a light pole on I-65 he was coming home from those losers losers <laughs> they, I blame I blame all of this on losers and and I'll say this we're we're laughing at the ridiculousness of it not the fact that duis are no laughing matter at all okay seriously don't drive drunk people don't do it and don't tweet angry losers doesn't need to overserve titans players don't tweet angry don't drive drunk if, you, if there's one thing you learn from this podcast today let it be those two facts okay <laughs> but i will say this that keith bullock dui mugshot is an all-time mugshot it is it is great do Keith would not a, like this segment. Keith would Keith not. Would like not. No, we love Keith. We love Keith. We love Keith. In fact, next time Keith comes on, I promise you, I will ask him about that mugshot okay. because, because I, I look, we're not, we're not going to talk behind someone's back without saying something to their face. Like if Keith comes back on, I will ask him about the mugshot because it is a great mugshot. Google image search Keith Bullock mugshot. It is great. It's not great that he drove drunk. And I'm sure he would say that. He'd probably be the first one to say that. It's okay. It's all about losers, though. This is a loser segment. This is a loser segment. Stay in all between right. the lines, losers. And lastly, Tajay Sharp and Sebastian Trutola. Their Was infamous, that losers? Their infamous back alley bar brawl happened at? Tin Roof, I thought. Yes, it did actually happen at Tin Roof. Okay, but good. Tin oh, Roof, yeah. Tin Roof, down the street from? Losers. Losers. There okay. We go. Oh, I, see, I knew go. I knew I knew I knew that one. There's the Dumumbrian uh midtown uh connection again. Uh that's again, they should all be midtown. That was uh, after the Titans drafted Corey Davis. Tajay Sharp was upset. A fan may have yelled at him. Uh, well, or in a, fact, a bar it, patron, probably not a fan. We 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 just talked about this a, a couple, I don't know, probably a couple months ago when Sebastian Tritola was your remember the Titan. Yeah, the tin roof tussle. I the tin roof. The Tin Roof Tussle. I think it has its own Wikipedia page, if I'm not mistaken. But I want to read this real quick just because we 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 could cover this every single week on this podcast, and it still wouldn't be enough because this story is so great. May 10th, 2017. It's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. Uh, I don't think he listens to this podcast. He has asked me about how to find this podcast a number of times, and I've told him over and over, <laughs> but I still don't think he listens to this podcast. But just in case he does, 
Happy birthday, Dad. May 10th, 2017. Sharp and teammate Sebastian Tritola were named as defendants in a federal civil lawsuit alleged uh, were at a Nashville bar watching the 2017 NFL draft. Look, the, the uh, NFL athletes, they're just like us. They go to bars to watch the NFL draft. Uh, when Dante R. Satterfield, oh, that's weird. I, I went to school with a, uh, with a, with a guy with a very similar name. I don't think it's the same guy. Uh, the plaintiff in the lawsuit <laughs> claims he told Sharp he'd probably lose playing time as a result of the Titans selecting wide receiver Corey Davis. Davis. See, that's something we can we can go back to the PK versus AJ. There's some things you don't have to say as blatantly as you think them. <laughs> that was probably a classic example of maybe think it, don't say it. Exactly. Exactly. And well, don't to press this guy's credit, though, to this guy's credit, though, so many people would probably tweet that this guy actually said it in person, uh, which shout out to banana bread, Corey Davis. I mean, he wasn't wrong in saying that. Uh, but the the report alleges that Sharp responded by challenging him to a fight in a back alley and was accompanied by Tritola as a lookout. Now, D decline the invitation. That's what you it, do. First off. Has having a quote uh, lookout ever worked for anyone ever? Has has anyone ever been like, "Hey, dude, you 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 be lookout"? If you need a lookout, that means you're definitely expecting somebody to come by and see. I'm pretty sure every time a lookout has been involved in every anything, any moment of life, the, it has ended in an arrest. <laughs> Paul Revere arrested. That ended in a lot worse than an arrest. Yeah, well, that Paul Revere was Paul. He Revere may be the best lookout of all time. Paul Revere was less of a lookout and more of a uh, like a tornado siren, like it, like a human tornado. Like, hey, British are coming. British are. He was Paul Revere. That's a lookout. He's a lookout. America's me, first tornado siren, if in my opinion, without having to be tested every first Tuesday of the month. All right, embrace debate. Whoever's listening, all of you, all of you who are listening, there's <laughs> definitely people listening. Okay, all of you who are listening, settle this debate. Was Paul Revere a Lookout or a tornado siren? There we go. Was Paul Revere a lookout or a Paul tornado Revere siren? was the goat lookout, man. Tweet us at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter or at Austin Huff on Twitter or at Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. Tweet at us. Let us know. What do you think? Where do you stand on our Paul Revere debate? This is the part, part of the podcast where we always get a little weird, get a little off the rails, <laughs> and we certainly are. In a moment, we are trying to talk about losers as being a key member of the Titans franchise history. Somehow Paul Revere got brought up. and uh, But yeah, so shout out to the, what was it called? The Tin Roof Tussle? Tin Roof the, Tussle. The, they, we, we, they, we coined the term. So if anyone else calls knocked, it that. He present. was knocked unconscious for 12 hours, suffered a concussion and facial fractures, and is, was and sued them for $500,000 in damages. Um, the, uh, 12 hours unconscious? That's a, that's a coma. That's not a concussion. I just want to know where that fight was from Tajay on the football field. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, like, uh, Tin Roof Security, what are you doing? The guy's been asleep in your back alley for 12 hours. Yeah. At what, point, at what point is it too long for a guy to be knocked unconscious in your back alley? I mean, one hour is probably even Must, yeah, far too long. I was going to say six hours. Um, <laughs> six hours. That's when you can go uh, yeah, six hours six of sleep. As a yeah. bar owner and uh, like patron <laughs> franchise owner, I would walk out there and be like, "All right, buddy, you've been knocked out here six hours." Like, wake Chicago's up. really changed you, Austin. Pour some water. Yeah, and that maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe the fact that I've been in Chicago so long, I have to like walk over bodies on my way to work every morning. <laughs> so many maybe people just, are asleep in these back alleys of these bars. 
<laughs> I'm more empathetic <laughs> to it. All right, let's get to remember the Titan. Uh, Jack, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first, but only because I may need your help pronouncing this guy's name. Oh, okay. All right. I like okay. where we're going with this. He went to college at Oklahoma State. This is for you guys to guess at home as I read off. Okay. His, you know, what, what, what's going on with this guy. Drafted out of college, out of Oklahoma State. Played defensive end for the Titans. I was going to say Brandon two, Whedon. But from 2001 to 2000. Never, for, never forget that Brandon Whedon was a Titans quarterback for a brief stint. Uh, he, he was a quarterback for everybody. Damn, that should be able to remember the Titan. I'm going to do him next. Uh, it should have been. 2001-2004 defensive end. Didn't start a game, but he played in 41. So he was like a rotational piece. His best year in Tennessee, he had four sacks, one forced fumble. His name, Jaquay DeMale Thomas, whose name actually now is Jaquay DeMale Parker. I'll get to that. I'll get to that in not, a second. Not to not to leave you out to dry. Uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna not to go the reverse of AJ Brown and just completely leave you hanging uh, as my teammate. Um, but I have no idea how to pronounce that name. You're on. That's your okay. Own. That's all right. Look, okay. right. it's not a big deal. <laughs> okay. Um. So after he left the Titans, interestingly enough, he had five sacks as a Titan in four years. After he left, he had at least five sacks. In the next six of his eight seasons in the NFL, his last six of eight, his last six, in his last eight seasons in the NFL, he had six seasons of at least five sacks. So the guy went off. I mean, didn't really go off because the best season he had was eight sacks. He was kind of just, you know, a solid contributor wherever he went. He played in Philly, ended in Cleveland. Actually, his last year in Philly, he led the NFL in fumble return yards. He had 103, scored two touchdowns, two fumble rooskies, two fumble sixes. So... Um, uh, more on his Wikipedia page, he started at Northeastern Oklahoma A&M College, which has to be the longest name for a college there is. <laughs> Northeastern Oklahoma A&M. Uh, he signed with the Titans as a rookie free agent in 01, spent four years as a backup, like I said. Um, interestingly enough, he changed his last name. On March 12, 2008, it was revealed that Jaquay's last name had been legally changed from Thomas to Parker at the request of his father. So <laughs> I, his father asked him to change his name. He said, I'll do it. Look, when your father asks you to change your name, you change your name. All right. That's, that's pretty much, that's a, that's interestingly enough about this. His father had actually been dead for three years and then he made this change. Wait. So. And his father asked him after he died. Look, I don't know if it was in the will. I don't know enough about Jaquay Parker. Wait, did Jaquay Parker's Jaquay dad come back as a Thomas. ghost to ask him to change his name? I don't know if it was a Ouija board involved or what, but, but it, 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 three Jaquay. years after his dad died, he changed his name, and that's Jaquay change Parker. Your name. <laughs> change your name. <laughs> Sorry, that's not to speak ill of the dead. I, I'm not. I'm not speaking ill of the dead. I'm just imagining how I'm imagining this went down. It's. I mean, TV shows and movies have molded molded our very, our very this. like yeah, like a Christmas Carol ish like. Ghost of Jaquay's past, uh, um, it asked him to change his name. Uh, Jack, before I get into my Remember the Titan, um, I want to uh, share my screen with you, even though nobody can see it. <laughs> I found a photo of Brandon Whedon. God, just in a the Titans. fattest face. I mean, I'm He's a very, and I mean the fattest waist too. It's yeah. not just his face. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Whedon. Uh, so do, guys, if Brandon you want to- Brandon Whedon, Brandon Eaton. Don't stop. Stop it. You stop it right now. We're not going to 
fat shame anyone unless it's Ben Roth. Hey, look, I, uh, of all people, I mean, come on. Uh, if if you want a good laugh, don't just look up. Uh, <laughs> don't just look up Keith Bullock's DUI photo. Also, look up Brandon Whedon in a Titans uniform. Uh, Google image search. It is you will get a giggle out of it. We just like we just did live here on this podcast. Okay, my my remember the Titan. I am going with, oh, damn it, I had it. Uh, well, I mean, I, I know who I'm going with. I just want to pull up his 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 wiki real quick. Um, I'm going with Roy Dell Williams. Roy Dell Williams. Yes, that's a good one. Do you remember Roy Dell Williams? Of course I remember him. Who doesn't remember Roy Dell Williams? It was cool because for a moment there, it was like, I feel like he was with the Titans around the time that Roy Williams was really good with the Cowboys. And so it was like kind of cool. Like if you just said it really quickly, people would think that you had Roy Williams on your team. You just had to be, you kind of had to mumble the Dell part of his name. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, dude, like name one, like who do the Titans even have a wide receiver this year? I haven't been paying attention to them. Oh, they got Roy Dell Williams. Like you'd have to say it like that. And people would be like, they have Roy Williams? Be like, and you just nod. You don't even say, you don't kind say. Kind of, they kind of have them. They, yeah, they got, they got Roy Dell Williams. And like, well, I'm sorry, what'd you say? They got Roy to Williams. Uh, <laughs> he was drafted by the Tennessee Titans in the fourth round of the 2005 NFL draft. He played college football at Tulane. He has uh, 92 career receptions, 1,200 yards receiving, not to brag, six receiving touchdowns. Um, he's from Reserve, Louisiana, which I think is, that's just an interesting name for a place to be. For your backup um, to me. That, that, if backup you come energy. From, if you come back, if you come from reserve Louisiana, you have to think you are not going to be starting very you need much. To be, you need to come from starter Oklahoma. Even if you are all Metro, all River Parish, and all state blue chip in high school, if you come from reserve, you're probably going to be a backup in the NFL. Uh, he was also all district in basketball and all state in baseball to the point where Roy Adele Williams was drafted by <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds in the fifth round of the 2000 major league baseball draft. Good for him. Not to brag. So like when AJ Brown does his whole like home run swing touchdown dance, just know that Roy Adele Williams like walked. So AJ Brown could run. And I don't mean that in a baseball sense. Like he didn't take a, he didn't walk. I'm he didn't take four pitches. It's like, it's a, it's a meta. It, yeah, what do you call this? It's a, it's a saying. It's a saying. Yes. What do you, what, what's the word? A saying. Uh, idiom. That is what it is. Idiom is not, is not what it is. Idiom, idiom sounds right. 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 I think idiom. It's an idiom. I'll say right. it's an idiom. idiom. I got your back. Hashtags are dead and idioms are back. Right. Uh, Williams owns the Tulane school record as well as the Conference USA record for career receiving touchdown record of 35. So how about that? Pretty good. Good, good on uh, Roy to Williams. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, shout out to Paul Revere, the America's first tornado siren. Um, and look out. the goat lookout, the goat lookout. uh, that guys give Jack a Gentry a, a follow on Twitter, Jack a Gentry on Twitter. Trust me. You will not be, you will not be, um, remiss in doing so. Are, where are you at? A thousand. Are we at a thousand? 10? Thousand. 
1,003, 1,004, sometimes 1,002. It really just it. De- it depends on my last tweet. If you're hearing my voice right now, you're not following tweet Jack A. A Gentry. Follow at Jack A. Gentry. We need to get him to 1,010. We need to get to him 1,010 Twitter followers. So do that. Be a part of the – be the change in the world you want to see, okay? And that change being Jack A. Gentry's up Twitter follower numbers. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. You don't have to. Uh, at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Um, and uh, Jack, do you got anything for the road? Can I go ahead and say that we're beefing right now? Not me and you. Oh, oh gosh, that's you scared me. Should, uh, is this the point where we announce our beef or should we wait to the start of the season? I think we start wait to the start of the season. Okay, right. But why? You got a front runner? No beef. No, no. No? Hold that okay. thought. Okay. But well, I'll say rate, this. review, subscribe. If you don't do that, we'll be beefing with you. I don't rate, I, review, yeah. subscribe. If you like it, that's right. Four and a half stars to us, 0.5 stars to Buck because we share a podcast uh, feed with him. Um, and I'll say this like, yeah, we're not going to announce our beef yet, but we do hate F words pod. I think, I think we can say that, right? I do. I dislike them. Hate's yeah. a strong word. They got to earn my hatred. Hatred, they, you're spending energy on them. Disliking them, it's just, just the fact that, that the fact that they called standpoint. me out for sitting on the sideline of a feud I had no I had no business being in. Irks I'm not you, gonna I can tell. I'm not gonna insert myself into a feud that I have no business being in. Who do you think I am, Paul Kaharski? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what fun we've had this week! This hey, has been a fun it's game show. week. You it got a prediction? Week. Uh, oh, of course, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh, you want the prediction? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you no. can you tell me the prediction? <laughs> um, sure. Uh, I'll say the Titans win. I think the Titans lose every single game in the preseason, and that fires them up to go seventeen and zero in the regular season. Well, the yeah, Falcons and Arthur Smith will beat the Titans, if but the Titans it, will show a lot of promise at important positions, which is I all like that matters. That. I was actually at the last game. Last game the Titans played at uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium. I was there too. Yeah, we weren't yeah. sitting together though. Wait, where, where are you? That's so weird. There. Mm-hmm. That's weird that you and I were both there. We didn't even know who each other were. And then eventually we would go. Now we're 75 episodes into a podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Damn. Life comes at you fast, dude. Uh, were you freaking out when AJ Brown caught that pass over the middle? Oh and- yeah. Yeah. I, I thought Mariota, that was the last good game he played. I thought he was on his way to a pro bowl season. And, and Mike Vrabel also had a very dumb decision to... Oh, the kick, yeah. The field goal, the field... Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like the call. only things I remember from that game. And I remember I remember the fact that like after every good pass that Marcus Mariota had, I would just stand up and be like, that's the best quarterback in the NFL right there. <laughs> and and I had my, year, whole section, my whole section laughing. They were they were hurting Falcons fans, but they were, they were laughing at the fact of how much little, I was hyping Marcus Mariota. Little did Mariota. we know the answer was... Just right behind the sidelines. Well, little did they know it wasn't shtick on my part. I was legitimately thinking he was the best quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right, you can't, you can't we, be hundred percent. You know, we got to get out of here. Falcons hate week. Uh, it's it's we have to get into midseason form, just like the players do. So we have to get back to watching football. So enjoy it this week, Titans fans. Enjoy it, and we appreciate all of the support you guys give us. Get ready because football season is going to be here before you know it, and we are going to have some fun this season. So. Make sure you follow along with us. One final thing. Adam Bernhardt, best tweet of the week. I tweeted out the hate week video on the Tighten Up podcast Twitter, and he made a good point. He said it's preseason. You have to build the reps. It's 
more like Falcon Mild Irritation Week. So we can't hate them just yet because it's the preseason. We're yeah. only mildly irritated by them. Okay. That and look, I think that's fair. We have to work our way up. Much like we don't hate the F words pod. I think I, I said that just earlier. We don't hate them, but we're mildly irritated by them. Yes. And, and then if we get to the beef, then we will hate them. Uh you gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. All right. Uh you gotta earn our hate. You can't buy me hate. All right. That's a famous song by the Beatles. Um or oh, the no. uh, from Wayne's World, the shitty Beatles. Shitty Beatles. <laughs> Are they any good? They suck. Oh, so it's not just a clever name. It's a great uh, Wayne's World quote. All right. Uh, we got to get out. Of, if we're quoting Wayne's World on podcast where we it's also time have to go here, yeah. it's time to go. We're long overdue. All right. We love you guys. Uh, and I guess until next week, tighten, tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the 